Sean Payton's being linked to the Saints and the teams in L.A. Four games left as the Saints come out of the bye. Is that enough to save Dennis Allen's job? Should it be enough to save Dennis Allen's job? We're going to talk about that right here on the Straight Up Saints podcast. You're listening to the Straight Up Saints podcast. What is up, everyone? Welcome inside the Straight Up Saints podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. And as always, guys, with promo code boot, you have a chance to win some money. And this has not been a season to win money on your New Orleans Saints, but you can win money on your New Orleans Pelicans if you want, betting $5 with promo code boot. And if you win your bet, you get $150 in free bets. Sounds like a pretty damn good deal to me. Now, this is a really weird juncture of this Saints season. You're four or nine. I will talk about in just a minute why I think this was the most embarrassing bye week in recent memory, but not only do you have these four games left where you're trying to figure out what the hell are the Saints going to be, what should the Saints do after this month, you're also trying to figure out what to do with your former head coach because Sean Payton is in a very different situation as opposed to other coaches, whether they're on the unemployment market or thinking about going elsewhere like a coordinator. Sean's in this position where, let's be real, if Sean Payton wants to coach next year, he could probably get any job he wants because he is that damn good. But I do think that for Sean's case, he's going to be very, very precise about where he wants to go, as he should. He is one of the best coaches in the NFL, and that leads to two reports that came out over the weekend. One report from Ian Rappaport saying that Sean's interested in the L.A. jobs, Rams and Chargers. Rams are some rumblings about Sean McVay maybe retiring for a little bit, doing broadcasting, coming back a couple years later. And then Chargers, obviously, everyone's trying to get Brandon Staley out of there. And the thought of Justin Herbert being coached by Sean Payton, it's really enticing. Like, let's not lie about it. That would be interesting. But Jeff Duncan comes out and says, if Sean Payton coaches next year, there is a chance the door is open for him to go back to the Saints. And at first, I'm like, okay, yeah, no fucking way. Like, I just don't see it. That's just the way I thought it when when I saw that report. Because for me... I think Sean left because, again, same situation over and over and over again. You get kind of tired of it. And more importantly, the Saints don't have a quarterback situation that's ideal, which I'll talk about in just a couple minutes. I mean, we're sitting there arguing about Jameis Winston, Andy Dalton, Taysom Mill, all that. That's not a great quarterback situation. Hypothetically, he went to the Rams, which I really hope does not happen. He's got Matt Stafford. If he goes to the Chargers, which everyone else can live with, he has Justin Herbert, who's a top five talent in the league. So, For me, I just don't really buy into the idea that he's coming back. That being said, it seems more and more clear that he is going to play again. And I think for that case, that's great for the Saints that he's coming back into play and coaching again. Because if Sean Payton coaches in 2023, there's two options, right? There's the very unlikely option that he comes back, and that would be great for all parties. Or he coaches elsewhere. You can trade him. And let's be real. If the Saints are going to get back on track, if they're going to try and jumpstart this process, They need draft capital from a Sean Payton trade. So that'd be good. That'd be really good for the Saints if they can get some draft capital back. Who knows? Maybe the Chargers are willing to trade their first-round pick for Sean. You get some assets there. You move on. He gets to go to a spot where he'll probably have a lot of success, and we'll figure it out from there. So I think that we keep hearing rumors about Sean coming back. That's the main takeaway for me because I don't really see him coming back to New Orleans. He left. It is what it is. And – I think the Saints are in a way messier situation now than they were when he left. So why would he want to come back and fix that outside of money? And I know money talks, but I really, I don't know. I'm curious for you guys. I know some of you guys are already in the chat. When you guys hear that Sean Payton is 
possibly coming back. Do you even buy that for me? I really have my doubts. I would welcome him with open arms. I am not too good for Sean Payton and taking back someone that left you, but I just don't see it happening. But I do see you guys are in the chat, and I'm kind of going to style this live stream a little bit different. This is really kind of a podcast for this week, but at the same time, it is a Monday. I don't got much going on. So if you guys got comments, I'm going to get into them in uh, just a second, and then we'll get on to the next topic. So I'm going to bring in some of your comments that you guys have here about Sean Payton, and then we'll go into the last four games of the season and whether or not that should save DA's job because that's something that I really want to get into. So let's get to some of them. Jack says, Sean Payton going to the Rams would be a nightmare scenario. It would for so many reasons, but just the thought of Sean coaching the team that probably stripped his joy away because that NFC Championship game in 2018 really hurt us all. That, that There's no sugarcoating it. I would hate that. I would hate to see Sean coaching the Rams. I've always told myself wherever he goes, who cares? You get a draft pick, whatever. Man, the Rams one would just not sit well with me at all. I would be pretty disappointed in that. John says, the same door opened for Anthony Davis to play with Drew and Zion. He still said no. Yeah, look, that's where I'm at, right? I think that, you know, of course the door's open because you can't really rule anything out till it's done. But I just think for Sean's situation, you left because it was a sticky situation and you wanted a break and kind of to reset your batteries and everything. And that's fine. Like everyone is is up to do what they want. And, and I don't blame Sean for doing that. But I do think that there really is no reason for Sean Payton to now come back to a situation that is in a way worse spot than when he left in January. That, that just doesn't add up. Plus, at the same time, if he were to come back, this is where I think the Sean thing will get really interesting. He left and kind of said, hey, DA should get the job. He looks really good. He's primed for it. So then you come back and then you push that guy out that you were promoting. That's why for me, that's another reason why I don't buy it. So I just can't see it. So I think all this stuff about Sean coming back to Kendall's point is actually possible. Like it could be possible where this is leverage, right? So Saints could be like, hey, you want Sean Payton? Well, he's thinking about coming back to us. And if you really want him, got to pay up. I think there's two sides to that. Does Sean want to gut his new team? Probably not. But for the Saints, you got to get the best value possible to your point. So that is interesting. I think it's possible that could be leverage. I, I just think you're kind of, you know, saying, hey, look, it's possible. But we all have to remember, and I'm not knocking him, but Jeff Duncan also did say, don't worry, Sean Payton's not going anywhere. And then Sean ends up stepping down. So I just think for this situation, I'm just not going to buy it. I'm not saying the report's off. I'm just saying, I don't know. Like A lot has got to happen for that. Reg Joseph says, I get that the Rams have Matt Stafford, but he ain't still raw about the no call. Yeah, that's why I also found that odd. Uh, yeah, you would coach in LA. You would coach a pretty talented roster, albeit they've been terrible this year due to injuries. But he's got to know in the back of his head, in the back of his mind, if he goes to the Rams, I mean, Saints fans are not going to be please at all. I think there's going to be some Saints fans that are still bitter about this situation that regardless of where he goes, they're not going to root for Sean Payton. But if he goes to the Rams, then you open the door for people to be like, Hey, you know what? Fuck this guy. And I'm not going to blame Saints fans if they get that mad, but I'm not either way. It's not my problem, but I do think that that's very interesting. If he goes to the chargers, it's like, all right, like whatever they, they, they got Justin Herbert. They got some talent. It is what it is. It's AFC West. Who cares? But if they go to the Rams, yeah, not great. Not great. Jack says, I don't see the Chargers getting rid of Staley if they do well in the postseason. I agree on that. I just don't think they're going to do well in the postseason. I think they're so Justin Herbert dependent that it really is hard to win, right? 
Offensive line is a mess. Defense had a really good night against the Dolphins, but overall, the defense has been spotty at times. And I just think for them, they, they have two things, right? If they make the playoffs, maybe Staley safe, but I think they might be in a situation where if you can get Sean Payton and I'm the Chargers, goodbye, Staley. Like, I don't care if you make the playoffs or not. I would get rid of you and get Sean Payton. That's just the way I operate in this situation, but that's just me, man. Derek says, not about where Sean wants. It's where uh, where does his uh, wife want to live? Well, I mean, look, that could be possible, right? Happy wife, happy life. But I do think for Sean Payton's situation, he is stationed out in LA a lot, whether it's the Fox Studio stuff, see, he does weekly segments on the herd, stuff like that. I know, you know, back then, years ago, when the Saints were 7-9, there were rumors about, hey, do the Saints trade him to the 49ers? He goes to Cali, stays over there. This isn't the first time. So I don't disagree with you, Derek. It is an interesting thing. I, I think you can make the... the uh, I guess, suggestion that maybe that's where the family wants to be. But I, I think even for Sean's sake, he clearly wants to be in LA. Like it, it, if it comes up that many times, I do think that there, there is, whether there's smoke, there's fire. And I do think for this situation, he wants to be in LA. Lob 32 city says, not going to lie. I love Sean, but his system is outdated. His offense disappointed in the 2018, 2019, 2020 playoffs time for something fresh and draft picks. I want Durin in the second round. Well, I don't think you would get Derwin James because I think Derwin James is probably worth more than a first-round pick, and I don't know if Sean Payton's going to get more than a first-round pick and maybe a mid-slash-late. I kind of think you're getting Sean for like a first and a fifth. That's just me right now. That's where I'm kind of at. But look, the idea of Derwin James going to the Saints enticing is all hell, right? Upgraded safety. I think he's arguably the best safety when healthy. He's that good. But we've seen good safeties get traded for a first-round pick. We've seen some, like Jamal Adams, for some stupid reason getting traded for two first-round picks. So I think for Derwin James, he's worth more than a first-round pick to the Chargers. And I just think for, you know, that type of team, I would love a first and a second. I would think, I'd think that'd be great value for the Saints. Really great value. So for Derwin in a second, also would be excellent value. I, I just don't know if that would happen. I don't blame you for saying, hey, start the bidding high, as they should. John says, Peyton has a relationship to maintain with Loomis and Benson. Peyton covering bases in case of trade falling through and avoiding his contract getting frozen. If Peyton... Avenue is to as uh to being free agent to finish his contract. He'll probably do it. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't disagree with that. To your point, Sean and this front office are super close, super tight. And I don't think anyone wants to step on each other's toes or really F someone over, right? They do not want to put someone in a bad spot. So I get that. And, and this all at the end of the day goes to the garbage as soon as Sean picks his next team, right? If he goes to the Chargers, whatever, this point's already gone. And we gotta wipe our hands clean of all this. So I do get I do get what you're saying. Like, I don't think. Sean coming back in two, three years from now when the Saints don't have his rights anymore, that's the situation where, yeah, guess what? You effed up your old team on the way out and you didn't even let them get anything back in return. Kind of messed up. I, I don't I don't think it's going to happen, but that's the type of situation where all of a sudden people start getting really bitter. So I hope that's not how it plays out. But to your point, John, it's a very interesting thing to look at. I don't see us trading Sean to another NFC contender. I think they will send him to AFC. That's the ideal situation. Absolutely the ideal situation. But I just, you know, I don't know. I think for the Saints, you got to just take whatever the best deal is, regardless of conference. But I do agree with you. Like, if he goes to AFC, much easier pill for us to swallow. But who knows how that goes down. Jack says, after the Niners game this past weekend, would you take Brock Purdy over Dalton? I would for one reason. Brock Purdy's a rookie. Dalton's a veteran, and we know what he's going to be. And he's on an expiring contract. Uh, if you ask me right now, who's better, Brock Purdy or Andy Dalton? I would say Andy Dalton. You know, Brock Purdy's got such a small sample size, but... First off, shout out to Brock Purdy. First start, balling out against Tampa Bay and outplaying Tom Brady. That was awesome to see. The way his family reacted was pretty damn awesome. 
But to answer your question, yeah, I would take a rookie on that rookie salary with a lot of room to possibly grow over Andy Dalton, who is a free agent, and we kind of know what Andy Dalton is. Doesn't mean he's going to have Andy Dalton's career, though. If, if Brock Purdy has Andy Dalton's career from Mr. Relevant to a solid veteran signal caller, that's pretty good if you ask me. Paul Parker says, 15 years, a long time with one team, and Bill Parcells being Sean's mentor. It's better to leave on top than getting fired. 1,000% agree. Look, man, it's it's kind of tiring, right? Same job every day for your of your life, 15 straight years with high stress. I get it. I get it. I don't blame him at all. David says, which draft picks do you think we'll get for Peyton? I, I think for the Saints, you gotta, you gotta get at least a one. You gotta. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta. Now, the exception I would make is if some team comes in and they throw a second and a third for two straight years, that's four day two picks. I, I would take that. I, I just don't know if that's that's it. And I know that Jimmy Johnson has the the chart that kind of tells you what everything should pay out to, right? This pick is worth that many points, so a certain amount of picks have to equal that to get your value. So that's interesting. What does Sean Payton equal on the point chart? There really hasn't been a coach in his prime like Sean Payton at this stage in the NFL. John Gruden's done it before where he got traded, and he got traded for an awful lot. I don't think Sean Payton's going to get traded for that much because I think teams are smarter now than they were back then. But Sean is in the same boat of Super Bowl, a Super Bowl-caliber coach who has a lot of years left to give, who you know if you get him, you're probably going to elevate your team overnight. I, I think for the Saints, you need at least a first. Anything after is awesome, but you need to get at least a first-round pick for Sean Payton. You have to. And in a year where you botched two trades with the Eagles, you cannot lose a third trade this year. You just can't. Another unlikely fun theory I have is that uh, is that whole Brady and Sean link up from earlier this year, and now the leaks of him wa- wanting to be a Saint Next year, Brady take us to the bowl, LLJK. Look, I think that is the situation if Sean comes back that we have to discuss because if Sean Payton comes back, there's no way in hell he is going to sign up for this QB room at all. There's just It's just impossible. But I do think if Sean Payton wants to coach again and he wants to do it in New Orleans for some weird reason, yeah, I do think we have to start talking about is Brady a saint because those two have been linked together. They have the same agent. There's cause to believe that, A, they want to team up. You know, they've, they've talked about it before. I, I think Brady is starting to show serious decline. I don't think he's fully washed up yet. I think Tampa Bay's got a lot of issues, and it's just easy to just dump them all on number 12. But I do think for New Orleans, even if that happens, that is such a short-term fix because how many more years does Brady have left? Like one or two? Probably. I don't think it's that many left. Gabriel says, is the QB class next year worth screaming into the abyss and keeping Mr. Bad Day at the office for another year? To answer your question, yes, I I think Caleb Williams and Drake May are that good. But to your point, come on, like wasting a whole season to hope that two young quarterbacks end up panning out and being what you want them to be? Like that, you need a lot to go right. And guess what? You just punted a whole season I don't know. Like, I love the idea of Caleb Williams in the black and gold. I don't love the idea of it being December in 2022 and we're saying, hey, fuck it, punt the 2023 season. I hate that idea. So I hope that answers your question, Gabriel. But that's kind of where I'm at. That's where I'm at in all this. I don't agree that Sean's system's outdated, whatever. I think his QB's arms just declined. We still move the ball at elite level. Yeah, I still think Sean can get it done, man. I, I just think that, to your point, not a lot of offensive weapons towards the end of Sean's Saints career. He's to blame, obviously, for some of that with the way they structure the roster, but also QBs, right? QBs are either aging or getting hurt. 
or both at the same time. Zeke says, just hopped on, might be in the minority, but I would gladly take Sean back over taking a gamble on a young head coach. I know not having a first-round pick sucks, but we know Sean can win in this league. Yeah, I want to make this very clear right now. I didn't do it before, so I apologize for that. If you told me to pick, would I rather have a first-round pick and a new head coach or Sean Payton? I would take Sean Payton every single time. We know what Sean is. We just know what Sean is, and I love the idea of the Saints hiring Ben Johnson, the Lions offensive coordinator, or the Saints maybe even going defensive again and getting D'Amico Ryans, or the Saints going out and getting uh, you know another young offensive-minded coach. But like, you do not know how someone does in the big spotlight until they perform, which we're seeing with Dennis Allen now, right? Great defensive coordinator. But now all of us over the last three months have lost patience and are ready to kind of move on from that experiment. So I just think that's fascinating. Anyway, I see you guys dropping more comments. I'm going to get to those in a second. But before I do that, I want to talk about this, the last four games of the season and whether or not they should matter for the Saints, for the front office, for Dennis Allen, for making coaching changes. I think this idea that, hey, if the Saints go 3-1 and one or the Saints go 4-0 and oh over the next four games, people are going to have a different perspective on DA. I think that's just normal. I think that's possible that people change their perspective. I don't expect them to finish with either record because, for starters, the Saints haven't won back-to-back games at all this season. For them to figure it out in the last month, that seems kind of stupid, in my opinion. I just don't know if that's going to happen. That being said, here's the conversation I had. You guys could share your thoughts, and I'll definitely pull them up on the screen in just a minute. Should the last four games matter for Dennis Allen? If he wins three out of the next four, if he wins all of the next four, should that save him his job? Now, I think if he finishes with that record, that does save his job. Should it, though? And my answer to that question would be no. I think for Dennis Allen, you guys know where I'm at with him. You brought him in to win now, to steer the ship that was already kind of on cruise control. That was it. You didn't bring him in for a long rebuild. You didn't bring him in to overhaul everything. You brought him in because he was the closest thing in your mind to what you just lost, and you keep everything afloat. That's not working. But more importantly, I'm looking around the league, and I'm seeing other coaches in spots that aren't as easy, and they're finding ways to win football games. And that is what tells me that I've seen enough of DA. It's the bye week, right? None of us should be sitting over the bye week thinking, feeling worse about the Saints. Yet I sat here on Sunday and I thought worse about the Saints yesterday than I did last week. And I know that sounds crazy because they blew a 16-3 lead against the Bucs on Monday night, but I'll explain why. I'm watching the Lions, who last year had one of the worst rosters in the NFL. One of the worst. They go out, make some nice moves in free agency, bring in a DJ Chark, beef up their O-line a little bit, have a really good draft, right? Bring in Aiden Hutchinson. They draft Jamison Williams, who didn't play until last week. Regardless, still makes a big play against the Vikings on Sunday. But I'm seeing the Lions in year two with a roster that's still not ready yet to, to contend for a title or for an NFC, really, uh, NFC championship spot. They are scrappy as all hell. They have taken on the identity of their head coach. But more importantly, they're learning how to string together wins, which is something the Saints, with a veteran locker room, with a veteran in terms of experience coach, and they can't figure that out. The Saints are 4-9, and nine, and they haven't won back-to-back games this year. The Lions, who started off this year with an abysmal record, are 5-1 and one in their last six games to get them up to 6-7, and seven, and now they're about a game and a half out of a playoff spot with four games left. No one saw that coming. No one. And if the Lions were in the NFC South, they would be the division leaders today. Like, that matters to me. Dan Campbell, in a lesser spot, and the reason I bring up Dan Campbell, because he's a former Saints coach, 
in a lesser spot with more work to be done than DA ever thought he would probably have to do, they look better today than the Saints. But I'll take it a step further. The Saints lost to the Panthers when Matt Rule was their head coach. Two weeks later, he gets fired. The only week he really, only reason he got those two extra weeks is because they beat the Saints. Anyway, he gets fired. October 10th, the Panthers named Steve Wilkes their interim coach. October 10th. Steve Wilkes already has as many wins this season as Dennis Allen. And he missed a whole five weeks, pretty much. He didn't come in until October 10th. And he is 4-4. and And DA is 4-9. and And the Panthers don't have that great of a roster. Got rid of Robbie Anderson. Traded McCaffrey to the 49ers, who balled out yesterday. And he is finding ways, with a bad quarterback situation, to win games. And they are beating teams like the Seahawks. They're beating teams like the Bucs, who the Saints haven't been able to beat. They're beating teams like the Falcons. Are these great wins? Maybe not, but guess what? They're playing really hard for their coach. They're taking on an identity of being good defensively, playing complimentary football, and they are not doing it with the excuse of saying, oh, well, they have a great quarterback. It's easier. No, they're winning games with Sam Darnold. They've won games with P.J. Walker. This is, you know, when I see Steve Wilkes getting the job done, I see Dan Campbell getting the job done. I'm looking around, and I think, should four meaningless football games really save D.A.'s job? I think the answer is no, but I feel like the answer for the Saints front office might be yes, because I don't know if they really want to move on from DA. But I've seen enough. This team, they are in last place by a full game in the worst division in football. And the only good thing about that, guys, is something that we've talked about, clarity of us not having to sit here and buy into some false hope that they'll win a bad division this year. It's not going to happen. They would probably need to win all four games. Do you expect them to run out of that, out of the bye and beat the Falcons, the Browns, the Eagles, and the Panthers back to back to back to back weeks. I don't. I just don't. That would be the real Christmas miracle. So for me, and I, I've said it a million times, no knock on DA, but you didn't win the games that mattered. Why should you start getting credit to win the ones that probably don't matter at this juncture in the year? That's where I'm at. I'm probably not going to change my opinion on this. But I'm curious, I'll get into your comments and see how you guys feel about this because I just think for me, DA is who he is and he's a great coordinator. Man, he's not a good head coach and he's not in his first rodeo. He had two years and four games with the Raiders. That's a lot of time. It is a lot of time. So we'll see what happens there. Get into your comments here. John says DA has only won back-to-back games once in his head coaching career. Yes, he won once with the Raiders, back-to-back games. That was it. Now, to your answers of whether or not the next four games should matter, Kevin says no. John says no. Red Joseph says the last four games should have zero impact on DA's career. So I think, look, it's very clear. You guys are all kind of in agreement here that the last four games should matter. I think that's very fair. And again, if the Saints finish the season eight and nine, I still don't know if they make the playoffs because the way the season's structured, the Panthers, Falcons, and Bucks are all ahead of them right now. And the Saints have already lost three division games. You would need the Bucks, the Panthers, the Falcons to pretty much all lose out. It's just, it's not adding up. The numbers aren't adding up. And if the Saints lose Sunday, then they're officially done. So that would, I think, I'm pretty sure they're officially done. And that would pretty much put them out. You know, if, if, you, if they go, if the Falcons go to six wins, Panthers are at five, Bucks are at six, 
and the Saints are still stuck at four with two games, uh, three games left, and you've already lost four division games. I just don't see, I don't see the way out. I just don't. Kevin says DA showed us who he was. Not getting better than that. He can go be a DC elsewhere. Yep, and that's what what will happen if he gets fired. Obviously, so uh, we'll we'll see what happens there. Gabriel says, do you think getting curb stomped by 46 points against the Eagles will be embarrassing enough to get rid of Pete and Dennis? Well, I mean, I think the Bucs game was, that was it for me. I, I don't know about you guys. I, I haven't been patient with this coaching staff. Admittedly, I think next time around, if the Saints fire DA, get a new head coach, I'm going to have to learn to be more patient, and I will be. I just don't have a lot of patience for DA because he's not a first-year head coach, and this wasn't a rebuilding roster. I was done after the Bucs game, like officially done. I was done before that game, but then that game happened, and I was like, I don't know how you let them back in the facility. So if they get curb stomped by the Eagles, that changes nothing for me, and I don't know if it changes anything for this front office. I kind of think this front office has made up their mind. I think deep down they know they can't win with this staff. They got to know. They got to know because this is the perfect year for DA. Perfect year. Rebuilding Panthers, rebuilding Falcons, and Tom Brady finally looks like a 45-year-old man for the first time in his life. And you are in last place of that division by one full game. This was the perfect script for DA to get in the winner's column, to really figure shit out, and he didn't. And when you watch this weekend unfold and the Bucs lose to the Niners and the Panthers win, but, you know, Panthers only have five wins, you think about that game and you realize it would have been a four-way tie if you didn't blow that Bucks game, but you did. You did. And that matters. So I don't think them losing to the Eagles by an awful lot should change much. It's not going to change my mind. You know, maybe it maybe for the Eagles, it will mean a little bit more because the Eagles kick the Saints' ass. They're going to help their own draft stock in the process, which is crazy to think about. But I don't know if that should really matter. I really don't. Cruise control, dude put it off uh, in the goddamn ditch when the division is poo and he had the moment to prove he can coach teams with worse talent, getting the job done. Yeah, yeah, that is a great uh, comment. Just call me train. And I think for DA, that's the thing, right? Do not tell me that uh, it's the injuries, it's the quarterback situation. I'm watching this. The Giants have seven wins with no wide receivers and Daniel Jones. The Lions have six wins. I think the Saints, and I'm going to double-check this real quick because I want to be right about this, obviously. The Saints have the second-worst, I'm sorry, the third-worst record in the NFC. And the only reason I say third-worst is because they have the tiebreaker over the Rams because they beat them head-to-head. But only one team has a statistically worse record in the NFC than the Saints and the Chicago Bears, but at least the Bears got Justin Fields, and that could end up being their ticket to getting out of hell. The Saints on the flip side, I, I don't know what that ticket is, okay? John says, let's look at all the games we lost due to bad coaching. Cardinal, uh, Carolina, Bengals, Cardinals, Ravens, Steelers, 49ers, and Tampa. If we had a, a real coach, that can clean up mistakes. We're a second seed. Look, even if they're not a second seed, they win the Monday night game. They win the Bengals game. And they win the Steelers game. And and I'm just going to, let's just give those three. I don't want to be, sh- I don't want to be super greedy. Let's just take those three, right? The Saints would be seven and six. They would be running away with a terrible division. As they should be. But they're not. And and to your point, John, like we can't sit here and make excuses for DA all the time when I'm seeing coaches in lesser spots win. 
That matters to me. It matters a lot, guys. It matters a lot. And to Kevin's point, Dan Campbell, when he steps on that field, I feel like his guys want to go to war for him, and they will put everything they got on the line, and after the game is over, they're going to let you know about it. I haven't gotten that vibe since that loss on Monday night to the Ravens. I just haven't. I haven't. I felt the vibe in the Raiders game. Then the Saints went around, and they lost that Ravens game. And ever since, they have felt like a dead man walking. Ever since, they've only got that one win against the Rams, which was a beat-up Rams team. No Stafford, no Cooper Cup. Other than that, a shutout loss to the Niners, choking to the Bucks, losing to the Steelers, who have been an abysmal team this year. Where does it end? I just don't know where it ends. I don't, you know? I just don't. Gabriel says, will the Pelicans and Saints ever be good at the same time? It feels like you got to sacrifice one to have the other, and that shit is crazy. Yeah, I don't know. I'm starting to think that's a thing, right? Now the Pelicans are on the rise, so now it's like, oh, well, when are the Saints going to be good again? You know, because this Pelicans core is ready to win now, and they're super young, which is pretty damn awesome. One crazy Wolverine says, you're making me even more depressed. That is not my intention. I, I do apologize for that. Uh, I, my, my intention here is not to just beat down on Saints fans. My intention strictly is to point out that DA has, this regime just has not gotten the job done. And there are coaches and front offices that are in tougher spots and they have figured it out. And I, and I just think that for the Saints, when you make a mistake, it's fine. You just got to be able to move off it quickly. And, and that's going to determine it because if you're so willing to stick your neck out and go to bat for something that's not working, that is how you get in that bigger hole that you can't climb out in until, I don't know, 2025, 2026, whenever. Whereas if you just get off of a mistake, then you got a shot. Then you got a shot. Red Joseph says, Coach Allen took a great franchise from 9-8 and eight to being the absolute worst team in the league. Put his job in the bin. Yeah, look, I had this argument with someone on Twitter. Someone said, yo, Chris, relax. You're being really harsh. The Saints weren't world beaters last year. They were not. They were not. Saints were injured last year. Saints are injured this year. Saints finished 9-8 and eight last year. This Saints team is 4-9. and nine. Coaching matters. It matters. It just matters. And I, I think for me, I know it's hard to compare Sean and DA because Sean's a top five coach. DA is a really good coordinator. And, and that's where I leave it at. I just, I don't know how you can watch last season, then watch this season and be like, nah, it's not that different. It's, it's really different. It's the way they lose. The Saints, I think, lost five straight games last year. I think they went from five and two to five and seven. And I swear to you guys, I did not lose faith in that team because I felt that they were losing because of injuries, not because of coaching, not because of lack of heart, because of injuries this year. And we got four games left and there's not much to play for. We're going to find out on Sunday very fast. Are they bought in? Is this locker room ready to give it their all for the last four games? Some of them might check out. Uh, I don't know if you guys listen to Nick Underhill and Mike Triplett's podcast. They talk about it a lot. It's the the idea of if someone checks out or not. Because if someone checks out, that's on coaching. Because you guys bring up Tan, uh, Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell last year when the Lions were horrific. It's week 17. It's week 18. And these guys are fighting their asses off for their head coach. Will that happen with four games left when the Saints are pretty much done? That's going to tell us a lot. It will. Another comment here, and I want this fan base to stop jumping on bandwagons they see in comments and bashing, blaming certain players like Tyron, who we have yet to see beating coverage. The whole defense can't tackle. Well, yeah, look, I, I think for a season like this, it is so unfair to put on one person. Tyron's had his issues for tackling. Marcus Mays had his struggles. 
the D-line has picked it up lately, but early in the year, they struggled. Offensively, they're not scoring in the red zone. Special teams has been iffy. Receivers have been banged up. Running back group has not been that good. So, yeah, like to blame it on like this idea, blame it on one player, I think that's just dumb. There's a lot of blame to go around, but it all starts first off with the coaches kind of taking it on and, and kind of assuming some responsibility. Gabriel says, Caden Ellis is really going to leave after this year and be the next Hendrickson, huh? It is possible. Uh, regarding Caden Ellis, I'm trying to get him on the podcast once the season ends. We'll try. I'm going to try and work out a date with him. We've been in communication about it. I would love to get him on soon after the season ends. This way we can discuss like what the mentality is. I'd imagine he wants to still be in New Orleans, but they're going to have to pay. Like Caden Ellis has earned that contract. That's next. And to your point, you don't want him to be that next line of Saints players that leaves and all of a sudden you're like, all right, it wasn't a fluke. Like they're legit and they're young and they got years left to grow and we'll see. But I, I would like to have Caden on. I'm trying to work that out. He's an awesome guy. And I, I'd love to you guys to kind of hear what he has to say about not just the season, you know, the way this team's gone, but for him too, because this has been a big year for him to grow and, he, and he's done a damn good job of it. I'm going to go back to a comment that you guys left before because I found it really interesting. It was about Rashid Shahid. What is Rashid Shahid worth? Honest question because I never want to see him or Olave in another jersey. I really think he could be transcendent if he could stay healthy. Well, worth-wise, I think it's too early to get into that. But I do think that Rashid Shahid has played really, really well over the last couple weeks. Four catches for 75 yards on Monday night. If he gets hit in stride, he probably has a deep touchdown in that game. And I think for him, what he's been able to do, yards per, per reception, yards per carry, just maximizing his touches, I think it's awesome. And I think for Rashid Shahid, the last four games for him are an opportunity to show that he's not just a returner. And, and I think he's kind of showing that. And I think if he continues that, then we go into next year and we say, okay, where does he belong on the wide receiver depth chart? Because you know he can return kicks. But I think he's looked really good as a receiver. And I, I want to see this grow. And remind you guys, Olave and, and Shahid, they're doing this with Andy Dalton. I'm not trying to knock Andy Dalton. But they're not doing this with Mahomes. They're not doing this with Josh Allen. They're not doing this with Joe Burrow. They're doing this with Andy Dalton, and they're looking good in their rookie years. That's pretty damn awesome. And, and look, in a season where I've been doom and gloom at times, I have thought about where, hey, it doesn't look good. That is a bright spot. Two rookie receivers really setting the tone and maybe being kind of the, the, the backbone of this offense for years to come. That's something interesting for me. DA's non-existing contract is the only reason I believe Sean, the Sean thing has a chance. They know exactly uh, what way they're going with this team next year. I have the feeling. I, I kind of think so too. I, I just, my worry is if the Saints win the last three out of the last four games, don't even make the playoffs, but they finish seven and 10, do they kind of mess around and bring them back? And I, and I just feel like that would be a mistake. Cause like I said, winning the meaningless games should not overshadow losing the games that matter. And when they lost the games that mattered, they were in, they were in embarrassing fashion. 13-0 shutout, 16-3 blown lead. They don't lose normal. They lose in ways that just make you want to pull out your hair. And that, again, all that matters. you got to put everything in perspective. You have to. I know I'm probably going to look uh, a, like a dumb mother effort for this take. For this obvious reason, he'll never be healthy again. But Mike T, Shahid Olave, Kamara, and a solid line is a great foundation for a young quarterback. Yeah, I, I think, look, the Saints are in a weird spot because everyone wants to, like, either figure this thing out and win now or blow it up. And I think they're somewhere in the middle. Like, 
They're not ready to contend right now, obviously, but the Saints have a lot of aging and young talent. And I think that mix is fascinating because I think if the Saints can just figure out this coaching problem, whether it's getting rid of DA for someone else or Sean comes back, whatever, and gets a better stopgap quarterback in or a young quarterback in, all of a sudden, you will see them fix a lot of things quickly. Think about all the games we mentioned before that the Saints could have won, could have won the Steelers game, could have won the Niners game, could have won the Bucks game, could have won the Bengals game. That's four games right there. And all of a sudden, you're like, hey, this team could be 8-5 and five instead of 4-9, and nine, and that all matters. And I think that for New Orleans, they're not as far off as people think they are, but they do have to make sure they get the quarterback spot right and the head coach spot right, and those are the two most important spots, which is why it seems way more bleak than it actually is. That is, that is where I get scared. But I, I said it before on a previous podcast, I think they're better off retooling than they are rebuilding because you, when you rebuild, when you're in a tough cap spot and you don't have a first-round pick, it's going to take a while where, like, retooling, you can stay competitive, and then maybe if you get lucky, that's where shit hits, right? If you hit on draft picks. And who knows? The Saints might have just hit on a draft where they got Olave, Penning, and Alante Taylor while signing Rashid Shahid as an undrafted free agent, and that might be four impact players for the next five, six, seven years, and that could change the trajectory of the franchise. So that's why, like, again... I am mostly negative this year. I am mostly on the gotta make big coaching staff changes, but I'm not on the bandwagon of, hey, they gotta blow up this whole roster because I do think there are pieces here to work with. John says, we haven't beat a team with a winning record this year either. It's wild. Uh, I think Seattle still has a winning record. Other than that, no, right? Beat the Rams who are under 500. Beat the Falcons who are under 500. Beat the, who the fuck else did they beat this season? Beat the Raiders who are under 500. Like, that's it. That that's it. So, yeah, outside of the Seahawks win, what what is their signature win, right? 24 nothing against the Raiders who are bad and just lost to Baker Mayfield who literally hopped off a bus and was told you're starting 48 hours later. That they will they beat that team. Whoop de doo. Like that doesn't really do much for me, you know? Just doesn't. One good thing from this season is that our youth is playing so well in positions behind vets that we have asked us to refuel the team with youth for another coach and young QB if we take that route. Yeah, look, the Saints are not the Texans. The Saints are not the Bears in terms of talent, right? When I watch the Bears, when I watch the Texans, I'm seeing them on red zone and I'm going, there are issues everywhere, everywhere. O-line, D-line, head quarterback, wide receiver, coaching staff. The Saints, it's quarterback and coach. Those are huge spots. These are not positions to kind of go, oh, okay, well, you fix that, you're fine. It's not that easy. But that's where I'm like, there is a path to salvation. I don't know if it's there for some other teams. Yeah, I just don't. Kevin R says, speaking of MT, they're going to move on or not. Think him or DeMario would be interesting pieces to move for the greater good. I'll go to DeMario, then I'll switch to MT. I think DeMario Davis should be moved if the Saints want to keep Caden Ellis. I think you can trade DeMario to a contender. He gets a win-win out of that, right? Gets moved to contender, can have a chance at a Super Bowl while he's still playing at a solid level. The Saints, meanwhile, would get to commit to Caden Ellis him and Pete Werner could be your linebacker duo for the next five years. And I think Caden Ellis is kind of showing you what he could be. Maybe he can be even better. Maybe he could tail, tail off a little bit, but he's shown enough where you're like, okay, he's legit. He's ninth in tackles over the last month of the season. He's been great. So I think that that is someone you explore for trade. MT, man, 
I don't know what you do with Michael Thomas. I just don't know how he comes back as a Saint next year. I just think so many bridges have been burnt. And I want to see the Saints figure it out with Michael Thomas. But if it was going to happen, I thought this was the year. So when he starts liking tweets about the medical staff doing him wrong, and he's putting his Twitter on private, and he's tweeting out stuff during the game that fans don't necessarily love, and you know that he could still play, you just got to stay healthy, but the health part might be him not being on the same page with the medical staff. How does that man come back? I don't know. I just don't. So I do think they're going to move on from him. That's just where I'm at. I, I just do. You guys asking for Will Lutz, what happens with him? I think the Saints have a very interesting decision to make Will Lutz because I think the easy thing for people to say is, well, you either restructure him or whatever. Will Lutz doesn't look like Will Lutz anymore. He's got shades of Will Lutz, but sometimes he looks really bad. And and in a, in a league where you need a solid kicker, but there's not a lot to go around, I could be okay with them keeping Will Lutz, but if the Saints go explore elsewhere, I'm I'm totally cool with that. I really am. What makes losing twice as hard Watching the Eagles laugh right in our faces. Can't blame them. No, I can't blame the Eagles fans at all. I have like at least a couple Eagles fans every week that come in my mentions and they go, thanks for the pick as if I sent it to them. And I I just tell them like, I don't blame you, right? Like I'm not going to be salty. The Saints made the trade. They wanted to win now. The trade blew up in their face. Well, what can us fans do about that? We didn't sign up on the, sign up on the trade and it's not our business. So, it is what it is, but I, I'm telling you, man, Eagles fans, every week I get someone laughing in my face. Every week. Another comment here. Very fearful fearful for the future of our front seven. This offseason, we have to start rebuilding DTD defensive end and a linebacker replace Davis. Davis' decline has been painful this season. Well, Davis has declined. I do agree with that. I think Demario is starting to show his age. I think, though, if they bring back Caden Ellis, I think that the idea of him and Pete Werner, okay, there are your linebackers. That's two out of the front seven figured out. I think Peyton Turner, before he got injured in the worst way possible, was starting to come on. And that really upsets me because it's like, man, you feel like you kind of got cheated out of what to come. So I think Peyton Turner's going to be in some shape or way, shape, or form, be part of the defensive line next year starting. And I'm curious to see how he plays in that role. So that's someone there. But you, I agree with you. Defensive tackles, Anyamata's getting older. You need, you need to inject some serious youth into the defensive tackle spot Defensive end is fascinating to me because Davenport's a free agent. Do you want to pay him? In my opinion, I do not think they should. Davenport's not showing up in a contract year. That's the year you're supposed to show up. Josh Jacobs has had an on and off year with the Raiders. On and off career, excuse me, with the Raiders. Contract year, balling out. I know it's a different position, but you get my point. Trey Hendrickson, fine, same position. Trey Hendrickson, contract year, balled out. Marcus Davenport, contract year. The numbers, like pressures, QB hurries, they're kind of all the same, but the sacks aren't there. The impact plays that matter aren't there, and that is where I think you got to figure that out. So I agree with you. Defensive line needs some youth, but I think the linebacking core, it's really simple. If you keep Caden Ellis, you can sell us on the idea that Caden and Pete will be your linebackers for the next couple of seasons, and I think that makes it a little bit easier where you're like, okay, what's the front four look like? because I feel good about the middle tier of my defense, if that kind of makes sense. That's kind of where I'm at there. First-round pick situation bothers me because we suck, and a one-loss team has it. Other than that, QB is our only true issue outside coaching. We could get a running back, uh, RB2 in rounds two and three. Yep, I, I think that th that's a position that I'm all in on. I am all in 
on getting a running back. Kamara is going to be suspended at some point next year, most likely. Ingram probably played his last down with the Saints, but even if he didn't, like he's older now. And I think for the Saints, like you have to get younger at that position. I think they know that. And I think I think that they will address running back. I just hope they do it with a day two pick because I think that's where you get a premium player. Alvin Kamara, day two pick. Joe Mixon, day two pick. Dalvin Cook, I believe, was a day two pick. You just look around the league, a lot of good running backs are day two picks. Nick Chubb, day two pick. So I, that's where I kind of want the Saints to go when they get a running back. And we'll see if they do. They should really consider it, though. It's a position of need. Paul says the Saints should trade Michael Thomas. He doesn't want uh, he's want to have nothing to do with the team. You never see him on the sidelines. Yeah, look, I, I think Michael Thomas is going to go. I think he kind of has to go at this point. It sucks to say, but like that the the moment for those two sides to figure it out, it just feels like it's past. And I would love to see them figure it out. And 13's balling with Chris Olave on the side, but that seems like a pipe dream. And that's all it is at this point. And the sooner we admit that, the better. Cameron says, any realistic coaching QB preferences for next year? I actually don't have a QB preference. I know that sounds crazy. I don't. You know, people talk about Jimmy Garoppolo. People talk about Lamar Jackson. People talk about Derek Carr if he gets cut. People talk about Tyler Huntley. I I don't have a realistic preference because I think the Saints are probably in that bridge type of stopgap quarterback market. Unless they get a first-round pick and want to draft like a Will Levis, or maybe they get lucky to draft like a C.J. Stroud, but I don't see that, or a Hendon Hooker from Tennessee. So, I don't know. Like, I'll have a better idea on the QB prospects in, give me like a month and a half, because once the season ends, I'm going to be all in on looking at these QBs and and seeing what they're about. I know people bring up Anthony Richardson from Florida. Really unique skill set, but he's raw. I want to see guys like him more in depth. And then I could get back to you on that coaching preference. I mean, look, if I had my way, I would love to see Sean Payton back. I just don't see that happening. So I'm looking at Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator from the Lions. I don't know how he is leadership-wise. Schematically, though, I don't know if you guys watched the Lions-Vikings game, but this man had Penny Sewell in motion and catching pretty much the game-sealing pass. It's pretty damn clever. It was awesome. What they're doing this year, what Jared Goff is doing this year, you are seeing, you're really seeing a coach maximize his players' talents. And I, and I think that's awesome to see. And when you do it on the offensive end and you're in your 30s, sign me up. That's kind of what I like in an offensive-minded coach. Gabriel says, when you see the success Olave Taylor and Shahid have already as rookies, who are some guys coming out of the draft that you think could be steals? Well, again, look, guys, I, I you guys know I love the draft. I really do, uh, especially when it comes to kind of interviewing some of these prospects and getting on board and seeing what they're all about. In terms of steals, though, I really, truthfully, have not gone in depth yet to get into it, right? Uh, Like, look, there's some guys I like better than most. Like, I do like Sean Tucker from Syracuse, the running back. He's a really, really interesting talent. There's a wide receiver from Boston College. I forgot his name. I believe it's Zay Flowers. But he's another guy that you're not going to hear him in the Quinton Johnsons, in the Jordan Addisons, in the uh, Jackson Smith and uh, Jigba's, in the Jalen Hyatt's. You're not going to hear him in that class, but he's a really good player. I don't know if that's necessarily steel-wise, but these are the type of guys that I like a lot that have watched this season. But I'll have a better idea, and I'll have more content for you guys in terms of prospects I want the Saints to look at. I'll have uh, prospects come on the show as the offseason progresses, and we'll kind of go from there. So that's for sure something that I'll be looking at. 
John says Davenport is a $7 million dead cap. If you can extend him for $4 million per year, might be worth it. We only have like three defensive ends on the payroll. Look, if they could get him for cheap, I'm all for it. If they got to pay him what people say he might get paid, which is like four years 70, get me out of that. I don't think four years 70, four year 80, like no way. I, I just don't at all like the idea of paying Davenport. He's not paying, he's not playing well when he needs to get paid. I just don't like the idea of paying him a lot of money and then hoping that's going to work out. I'm just skeptical about that. One crazy Wolverine kept saying, Saints should have drafted Kenneth Walker. Would have been damn nice. Would have been damn nice. Zeke says, I need the Saints to draft Tank Bigsby, Auburn's running back. Yeah, I could, you know, Tank's an awesome player. I think Tank's kind of one of the main reasons Auburn were still watchable this season. And I'm all for the Saints just getting a running back period because I think they need to get younger at that position. Tank Bixby's a very interesting talent. I wouldn't be against it at all, but I don't know if I'm going to be like, it's got to be Tank or nothing, but to your points, you can. Like, if Saints draft Tank Bixby, I'd be all for it. They got to get they got to get younger. They got to get better at the position. Comment here. Find a car or golf situation. If we could find a way to get them with a new coach, but it has to be if we find a way to get a legit QB prospect like Henderson or something. I love that idea. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I would not be opposed to the Saints signing Jimmy Garoppolo and bringing in Hendon Hooker. That seems expensive, so let's pull back. What if the Saints bring in one of their two quarterbacks from this year and sign Hendon Hook and draft Hendon Hooker? That's not the worst situation in the world. Like, I think that's something they might have to do. That's something that I think they might have to do. As for Carr, here's where it gets interesting. If the Saints keep DA, DA knows Derek Carr. I think Derek Carr's rookie season was with DA. If he gets traded or cut or whatever, do the Saints make the call? I'm on the fence about Derek Carr. Derek Carr would be an upgrade for the Saints at quarterback, but Derek Carr's got a ceiling, and there are moments where Derek Carr looks awesome, and there are moments where Derek Carr looks bad, like last week, and I'm just somewhere in between on all this. Derek Carr, for me, is in that Ryan Tannehill, Kirk Cousins type of class of quarterback. They might not be your cup of tea, but not necessarily my cup of tea. They would be an upgrade, but it would be an expensive upgrade, which is why I'm a little skeptical about that. $41 million a year, that's a lot of money for Derek Carr. So we'll kind of see what there. But to your point, though, Brady goes to Vegas. He teams up at McDaniels, and the Raiders get rid of Carr. It is interesting. They will. They would look at him. I do think the Saints would look at Carr. I, I just don't know if that is the move to make because it is an expensive one. And, and I think you make that move if you're keeping DA, and I know a lot of you guys probably don't want that to be the case. So we'll kind of see what's happening. But anyway, guys, it's been a fun 50 minutes. I've enjoyed chatting with you guys on this Monday. I believe it's Monday. I'm, I'm kind of losing track of my days, guys. It's getting pretty bad here. But anyway, really enjoyed chatting with you guys. You guys had some awesome conversations and topics to bring up. I will have more. You guys brought a lot of draft stuff up already, which is interesting. So if you guys want draft content, I could get to work on it from now. If that's what you prefer, you guys let me know, of course, and I'll, I'll start doing segments and kind of chop it up into short videos for you guys about running backs, wide receivers, quarterbacks, the Saints could look at, and we'll go from there. But overall, had a blast on this live stream with you guys, chatting Saints. We'll probably have another episode in a couple of days from now previewing the Falcons game. And if not, obviously, as always, I'll have a live stream after, which was really fun last week. Hopefully, we can kind of double up on it again and do it all over again um, on YouTube here. So make sure you guys subscribe to Boot Crew Media's page if you haven't. Until then, guys, enjoy the rest of your week. And as always, stay tuned to more content here on the Straight Up Saints podcast, the destination for the Houdat Nation. You're listening to the Straight Up Saints podcast.